0: Welcome to the Blue Jeans Christian Weekly Podcast, where we will take your faith and a powerful word of God and make them as practical and relevant to your job, home, and hobbies as your favorite pair of blue jeans are on a Saturday. Kevin Brownlee here, and this is the third episode in our series on how to improve your marriage, which I thought I would do this series because when I'm home and have some time, I like to give one of my vehicles a tune-up. Uh, which it needs every now and then to keep it running smoothly sometimes i just like to lift the hood on my hobby car which is a 78 corvette indy pace car and just look at the engine and see if there's anything that should be done sometimes i make stuff up of things to do (laughs) but i I usually can find something to do on a, a car from the year 1978. And that's it. it's fun and it's really enjoyable to drive knowing that it's running at its peakest performance. Peakest, is that a word? <laughs> and I got to thinking marriages are no different. We need to do things to make them run well, if I can use that term, run well. There are things that we have to do to make our marriage work good. Marriage isn't something that you receive things. It's something that you do. You have to give to the marriage. Hopefully when each spouse does that, then you do receive things. So this episode, again, this is episode three. If you haven't heard the other two, go back and listen to them. But this one is really good on its own. It's things that you can do to help each other. And why? Which is because God designed marriage in a way that works best. And there are specific roles and duties for each partner to do. And it only works well when each of those is being followed. Ephesians 5:22 through 33 mentions the specific roles that each spouse is supposed to do. And they're they're basic but profound. And I'm not going to cover those this time because I want to do that when I move to the individual spouse requirements. And I'll probably start that in the next episode, which will be specifics of the husband and then specifics of the wife. In this episode, we're just going to kind of talk about some generalities that both can do to each other. So this is going to be a fantastic episode. And stay with us next time, next Tuesday, when we'll start getting into the specifics for each marriage partner. Marriage partners help each other be holy and not to sin, and to bring back godly principles to your marriage. You can do that in four different ways. I have found four passages in Scripture that tell us these four ways. The first one involves prayer. Pray for your spouse and pray with your spouse. So to pray for your spouse, 1 Corinthians 7, 5 says to do so, and sometimes even if you need to fast, While you pray, I won't get into why or how for that, but the point is, make it serious. A serious effort and a specific amount of time that you're praying for your spouse. Maybe that's just part of your normal prayer that you do in the morning or evening or whatever, where you're on your knees in prayer, and a good portion of that time is spent praying for your spouse, The other one is praying with your spouse. For some reason, that was really hard for me. Now it's easy and enjoyable, and I look forward to those times. But it wasn't always that way. As some of you know me, when I was in my younger adult years, I was quite the tough guy. And a couple of examples. I have been to the top of a drilling rig, 40 below zero, 30 mile an hour winds. With a rosebud torch in one hand and 6011 rod in the other hand trying to heat up a shiv up there enough to get a decent weld up there. That was hard. And on the other end, I've laid in a pipeline pit 110 degrees outside, sweat pouring into my eyes so I could barely see because it stings so bad. Trying to weld a piece of pipe while laying in black oil. That was hard. I shot a bull elk one time, and as I was dressing out the elk, a snowstorm blew in, and the temperature dropped about 30 degrees within about an hour. That wasn't the hard part. The hard part was when I kept hearing noises encircling me, and I realized that even though I couldn't see because of the snowstorm, there was a grizzly that was encircling me. And fear gripped me as I realized I wasn't the main course, I was the dessert My elk was the main course So it took every ounce of guts that I could muster up And I chased that grizzly out of there Seriously I fired my gun several times and screamed at the top of my lungs But he got down on all fours and ran off Now as hard as those things are They pale in comparison to how hard it was for the first time that I had to kneel and grab my wife's hand and apologize for not being a godly husband and praying with her. So I would encourage you to grab your spouse's hand and say, I think it would be really good if we prayed together. And pray for each other. Pray that God will encourage each other and strengthen your spouse. And that your spouse would grow spiritually and become more and more like Jesus. And that he would show you how to do that to your spouse or for your spouse. And that God would get you through these rough times and come out even better than before. There is something wonderful that God does to and for a marriage when you have to really turn to each other to get through a rough time. The value that we get in praying is immeasurable. And I can tell you that most of the times nowadays in my marriage, they're instigated by my wife. How cool is that? Next is... Don't allow things into your house, don't allow things into your marriage that are harmful. Only things that are helpful. I'll let you fill in what that is, but you can imagine there are several. You see, marriage is sacred. Do not take it for granted, and it is not to be defiled. That's God's word for things that we could allow into our marriage. It's very harmful. Defiling our marriage, harmful friends, harmful words. You know, Ephesians 4:29 says, "Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good, for necessary edification, then it may impart grace to the hearer." Hmm. Grace. Do you know that that's one of the elements that makes a great marriage? When you're gracious to your spouse when you show them grace when you don't have to correct them all the time or say the story because they didn't say it right or try and make them better or change them or feel you have to point out everything wrong with them like it's a way you're going to help them or something grace doesn't belittle your spouse grace builds up your spouse or knows when to just be quiet And don't do anything that grieves the Holy Spirit. Things like lying or things that are degrading or harmful. Or watch shows that involve those things. Hmm. That Ephesians 4 passage goes on to list some things. Things to put away from you, put away from your marriage. With all malice, it says, That means with harmful intent. That means maybe you have to cut the cord to your cable TV. (laughs) Harmful intent. (laughs) The things are, let all bitterness be put away from you. Don't be bitter towards your spouse. Bitterness is like poison. Poison that you think you're giving to your spouse, but actually you're the one that's most harmed by it. Don't even let that in. Wrath. Wrath is getting even, doing things vindictively. Don't allow that in your marriage. Anger. We know what anger is. But the next one will tell you when you're starting to get angry. It's clamor. We're to put clamor out of our marriage. I had to look that one up. Clamor means yelling. Yelling. So when you're having a discussion with your spouse, which some discussions are healthy for a marriage, and it gets to a point where you're yelling, that's when you throw up a red flag because you're about to enter anger and you don't want either of those. So no yelling in your marriage. Let that be, like I say, a red flag that that's the time to stop. And say, let's resume this conversation when we have had a chance to cool down. And the last one it says is evil speaking. That's what I mentioned earlier. Don't have evil speaking. That means harsh words. That means cuss words. It also means talking bad about your spouse. To your spouse or to your friends or relatives. No evil speaking ever. About your spouse. Instead of saying something bad, say something good. You can always come up with something good to say or that you're thankful for your spouse for. The next way to help your spouse to be holy and to not sin is to bring them back to godly principles or to remind them of godly principles. Do this not vindictively, of course, but maybe say, let's. Let's read God's Word for a little bit here after we eat breakfast. Ephesians 5.26 says to wash your spouse, like with water, with the Word of God and cleanse the worldly garbage out and replace with good godly things. That's your responsibility, spouse. Or encourage church involvement. Encourage that your spouse get involved in, in a small group Bible study, whether your husband with a men's group or, or your wife with a ladies' group or something, some sort of involvement where God's Word is taught and done. There are several, I mean several, marriage books that are Bible studies that you can do together. Get one of them and, and go through it. Here's a couple suggestions. Love and Respect by Dr. Emerson Eggerichs. They even have a workbook. Here's a fun one. It's called Fun Loving You by Ted Cunningham. Marriage Matters by Winston T. Smith. And a really good one is Strengthening Your Marriage by Wayne Mack. There are a couple of websites that you can check out, too. Uh, focus on the family dot com slash marriage familylife.com dot com and of course bluejeanschristian.com dot com and click on the tab marriage. Marriage partners support each other and marriage partners enjoy each other, both emotionally and physically. Be your spouse's best friend, companion, and do things together. Do some things your spouse enjoys, not just yourself. And find things that you both like. And do those often. Be solely satisfying sexually to each other. Sex is a gift. It's a gift that God gives you on your marriage day, on your wedding day. That's his wedding gift to you. Not before And because it's a gift from God, he gives you a lot of freedom to enjoy it and have it often. (laughs) It brings you together in an intimate oneness that pleases God. Yes, God loves it when you have sex and enjoy his gift. Sex is your marriage relationship thermometer, not the thermostat. Think about that. Sex is icing on the cake. It's not the main ingredient of your marriage. Here's some passages for you to read if you don't believe me. Proverbs 5, verses 18 through 19. And how about the Song of Solomon, chapter 2 and chapter 4. So I'll let you have fun with that and move on to the next one. Men and women are different. And they bring different elements to the marriage by God's design. See, God designed our marriage so that each partner completes the other. I've heard the phrase, you know, my wife is my better half. Well, hopefully she says the same thing about you, which means that you are providing to the marriage things that complete her. You should complete each other and make your marriage as one whole person. Remember, God said the two shall become one flesh, a more perfect union. This may be a silly oversimplification or just plain silly itself, but it's kind of like a potluck dinner where you bring your best dish to the to the dinner and when others do the same thing, you actually have a well-rounded Multi course meal, including dessert. That's really cool. Bring your best things to the marriage. And when God brings two people together, He will make sure that He will have you and your spouse bring something good to the marriage that will make it complete. So look for things that your spouse does better than you and let them do that. And don't criticize when they don't do it to the best expectations. I would encourage you to sit down and have a little chat about that. In fact, why don't you sit down and write down two or three things that your spouse is really good at. And have your spouse do that also. And then have a nice conversation about that. And maybe even say, you know what, you're better at that than I am. Could you do like that? for the most part in our in our marriage? I mean, I'll help you, but could you take over that role? I think it'll make our marriage better. You see, marriage takes work. It takes selfless work. And it takes grace toward your spouse, which includes finding something every day to compliment your spouse on. It also includes finding out the needs of your spouse or things that they need help with and making those your priority. So give them some grace. You wrote down things that you think they're good at. Give them grace to do that and do it well and then thank them for taking those responsibilities on and and doing a good job at it. And don't criticize. But be complimentary and thankful to them. Now, I know some of these things I'm talking about just go against human nature. But do them anyway, because the rewards are wonderful. Marriage is about what you do, not what you receive. That's the best way. That's the way Hebrews 13.4 talks about Malachi 2.15-16. They mention, don't bring in garbage to your marriage. But good things. Take out the garbage and leave the good things. (laughs) Try this. Sometime when you're at dinner or at breakfast, look across the table to your spouse and ask, what could I work on today that would help our marriage be better? What's something I can do today that will improve our marriage? And don't let it turn into an argument. (laughs) If it does, then you probably have just found something you need to work on to improve your marriage. (laughs) I'm thinking about the analogy of giving your car a tune-up and relating that to our marriage, giving our marriage a tune-up. If your car is running really poorly and you haven't done any tune-up type things with it for quite a long time, what's probably the most important thing to do? what would be the thing you would do first that would make the most impact on helping it run better and probably the easiest thing to do? Well, I think that would be to put in a new air cleaner. If you get an engine breathing well, then you can work on the other things. But if your engine isn't breathing well, even changing the spark plugs won't do much at all. So what in marriage is like changing the air cleaner and getting it to breathe well? communication. I think an indication of a well-tuned, well-running marriage is good communication. Conversely, a marriage that is not running well, or maybe not running at all, (laughs) has a clogged up air cleaner, or intake manifold is very dirty. In other words, communication is either non-existent, or if it is existent, it's bad. It's not edifying to the marriage. It's not building each other up. So how do you clean up the intake and get a new air filter in your marriage? How can you improve the communication in your marriage? It's actually easier than you think. I would suggest asking questions and listening to the answers. Want to know what to ask? At my website, I have a list of over 52 Questions that are conversation starters. And they're probably questions that you have never asked and don't even know the answers of about your spouse, which is sad. So go to BlueJeansChristian.com, click on the tab Marriage, and look for conversation starters. There's even something there that you can print a PDF of and then keep it like near you or have it near the dinner table. And I think almost all of them you have never asked. Here's a couple. Ask your spouse, what was the hardest part of your day? Or ask, what was the best part of your day? Or if you both work, ask, if we could play hooky tomorrow, what would we do? Or is there one place you would like to visit here in the U.S. this summer? Is there somebody that you would like to do something nice for? Who would that be and what would it be? And can we do that by this week's end? You know, conversation starters do just that. They help start a conversation, which will help improve your marriage. Remember the Pina Colada song? Hmm, maybe that's you guys. But I will one-up that. Go to bluejeanschristian.com, click on the Marriage tab, Conversation Starters, and print that, and go through them. Go through them with your spouse. That would be kind of fun. And I think, or hope, doing so will improve your communication and improve your marriage. And you can speed up the marriage improvement when some of the things on that list are things that your spouse wants to do or wants to change. When you can help them to do that, that's how you can really speed this up. In fact, here's just a simple example. I see you want to learn how to play the guitar. How about we go down and buy you a guitar and get signed up for lessons? And I will make sure that you go to those lessons. And while you're at those lessons, I will do something at home that you normally do that will take that off of your plate so you can enjoy your lesson and do well at it. You know, Jesus said in John 10.10, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly to the full. Can you help your spouse have a more full and abundant life? I think you can. It's centered around communicating with your spouse better and being supportive and helpful, and compassionate, and loving, and kind, and serving your spouse. Those things describe Jesus, who's the one who said, I have come that you may have life and have it more to the full, abundantly. So being like Jesus to your spouse will ensure that they have a full and abundant life, which when I've studied that passage and I look at the original meanings of the words, The word includes an element of fun, of joy. So bring fun and joy to your marriage, to your spouse, and make sure that they have a full and abundant life. Do what you can to ensure that. And watch your own life dramatically increase to the full also. Let me end this podcast with... A quote by Winston T. Smith from his Marriage Matters book. How wonderful to be loved by someone motivated to give you the best, committed to seeing you become all you were created to be, and willing to give you everything to accomplish it. Folks, be that to your spouse. In our next episode next Tuesday, I'm going to put the sights on husbands. But I want both spouses to listen to it because you both need to know what God expects of the husband. So be sure and subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss that one. And feel free to send me an email, info at bluejeanschristian.com, and tell me what you think or give me some specific things that I can pray for your marriage about. Thank you, folks. See you later.